Hey, this is Jen Johans at FilmIntuition.com or FilmIntuition on social media and Letterboxd. And this is Watch With Jen and Friends. If Watch With Jen is the studio track, this is the acoustic version. Today's guest is Julia Ricci. With a vast knowledge of cinema history, Julia Ricci is a senior programmer at Heartland Film in Indianapolis, Indiana. Heartland, which aims to inspire filmmakers and audiences through the transformative power of film, is best known for its Academy Award qualifying Indie Shorts International Film Festival and the Heartland International Film Festival. Since 1992, the organization has awarded $3.5 million cash to independent filmmakers, which is the largest ongoing amount of any film festival in North America. And since 2011 alone, seven short films that have been programmed at Heartland have gone on to win Academy Awards, with a total of 23 earning Oscar nominations. A former researcher for the TCM and Criteria Collection streaming service, Filmstruck. In 2017, Julia appeared on TCM with host Ben Mankiewicz to introduce the film National Velvet as a fan programmer. A regular fixture on hashtag TCM Party Twitter, Julia is also a regional Emmy nominee for her research for the 2013 documentary short Legacies of Perfection, Auburn, Cord, and Duesenberg. I am so pleased to welcome Julia to Watch with Jen and Friends. Hello, Julia. Well, I will jump right in. So, Julia, how are you doing and how are you adapting to pandemic life? Um, <laughs> that's a great question. <laughs> um, I mean, I've been, I think I'm hanging in there just like everybody else. Um, I've been working from home since March, um, okay. which has been interesting. Um, with, we just uh, completed our Indie Shorts International Film Festival, which we did um, virtually and then at a local drive-in theater. So yeah. we did it all from at home. So <laughs> Very cool. Yes. Uh, how did it go? I mean, it went really well, and it was something that, like, we honestly had no idea, like, how it was (laughs) going to go, but we luckily had the, I guess, yeah, we were just lucky to have the time to be able to switch gears, basically, um, with everything happening, um, unlike some other festivals, which, you know, it's it's really sad how a lot of festivals had to cancel and all that, but, yeah, we, we adapted, and um luckily our audience was responsive and then the online aspect made it so we could reach people that weren't you know aren't local so we got people from all over the world watching which is really cool that is very cool wow well i know you're a senior programmer at heartland so what can you tell us about your job there and for any filmmakers listening how submission to the festival works and what you look for how do you choose your movies yeah, so um, Heartland Film, we've been around since 1991, and we um, focus on independent films that can uh, inspire or impact the audience beyond, you know, just general entertainment. And uh, mm-hmm. we look for films that, you know, have that staying power, essentially. Um, so, so yeah, we bring, so we that fest, so we started with Heartland Film Festival. Um, and, uh, we still do it, but, um, yeah, we've done it. This will be our 29th year in October. So every October 
10 day festival. Um, but then in 2018, we, uh, expanded to indie shorts international film festival and gave essentially short films, their own festival. Cause we were seeing a lot more short film submissions, um, that we weren't able to include, um, yeah. and we wanted to give short filmmakers the spotlight as well, because usually at you know regular festivals, when it's short films and feature films in the same festival, a lot of times short films aren't given the attention no. that they deserve. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, and we expanded to that. So this was our third year doing indie shorts, and we do it every July. Um, and yeah, so as a senior pro, as pro- yeah senior programmer. I, you know, manage this, help manage the submissions process. I, it's basically me and our artistic director are the two um, program uh, programmers on staff, um, mm-hmm. and we have a team of volunteers that helps us uh, go through all the film submissions. Um, we get, get, you know, uh, short film submissions. We got a, a little over three thousand this year, so it's not oh, just wow. the two of us. Not just the two of us watching. Them. Yeah. So we have a volunteer committee um, with uh, uh, trained uh, volunteers and people who uh, know film and um, can, you know, have good eye for film. And so they help us uh, narrow down the pool. And so and we also have interns that help us with that as well that are film students, which is great. Um, And so, yeah, so it just goes through a tiered um, process. And uh, as films work their way up, they, you know, make it up to the top and then um, we kind of narrow it down from there and uh for short films we uh, ended up choosing 128 and then um feature films we uh last year we had a total of a little just over 200 feature films at the heartland international film festival Um, but that also uh, also includes um, a lot of special presentations and things like that because we do focus on independent cinema um you know the Mm -hmm. true independence but then we also have a mix of like studio titles that have come in. Like we had um, like the Indiana premiere of parasite last year, which was really cool. Um, and you know, some other big films, uh, as well. Like last year we also had the, um, uh, a beautiful day in the neighborhood, Tom Hanks movie, uh, uh, Jojo rabbit, stuff like that. So we kind of have a mix of, um, like true independence, but also some of those uh, bigger studio titles as well for feature films. Yeah, we kind of do the same thing. I used to work with the Scottsdale International Film Festival, and every year we would kind of have a mix of the exact same thing, like true independence or true world titles, and mm-hmm. then also those studio films, which are very exciting and they draw a crowd, but at the same time you're like, no, go down the hall and watch some of these other ones you might not have heard of as well. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and short films, I noticed both at scottsdale and the phoenix film fest they do get overlooked but what was interesting about phoenix film is i would talk to festival goers this is when i was like covering it as press like what have you seen what have you liked that kind of thing Mm -hmm. and people were saying the most exciting movies at this festival are the ones in the short film presentation and like not enough people are going Mm-hmm. So it was really cool to see that it is drawing a fan base there for sure. Yeah. And our fan base too, for shorts is definitely growing and it's definitely um, expanded. Like we definitely have our, you know, loyal, consistent fan base um, mm-hmm. from, you know, our main festival. Then we branched off and 
short films. I think people, one, our traditional audience has embraced our yeah core traditional audience has embraced them, but then we've also brought in a lot, like newer audiences as well mm-hmm. uh, with those, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, I think people really like just the fact that like, oh, you can tell a really awesome story in like 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, and you also with short films, they're all packaged together. So you, you know, we, and we program by theme. We don't, um, in the past, like before, yeah, when we started indie shorts, we decided to package by theme as opposed to doing like shorts program one, two, three, four, um, and so on. Um, so smart. It kind of helps, um, you know, people decide what they want to see too, um, which is yeah. interesting. But it's also and it makes it fun fun as a programmer because it's like putting together a puzzle. But very cool, yes. And I know a lot of them have gone on to receive both nominations and Academy Awards. Can you name some of the ones that were included so maybe people can seek them out? Yeah, uh, most recently um, we. Uh, because time is so weird. Um, but most I know, days, really. <laughs> like, what uh, is time? <laughs> no, it's yeah. I keep forgetting. I was like, oh, this was three years ago. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so um, our first indie shorts in 2018, we are one of our finalists for documentary um, short uh, period end of sentence. Uh, ended up winning uh, Best Documentary Short at the Oscars uh, oh, the following wow. year, which is really cool. And that is, I think it's still currently on Netflix. But um, yeah, that was, the, I don't know if you remember the the speech that um, the director, Reika uh, Zidhabshi, um, gave on uh, the Oscar night, but it was probably one of the best speeches of the night. Um, so that was really cool. And she actually came to the festival as well. Um uh, which was great. And then she was on our jury um, the following year as well. Um, oh, nice. I'll have yeah. to link to that speech in this post when I, yeah. when I put it up for sure. Yeah. It's, it's, it was, it was, it was one of my favorite Oscar moments. So that was really cool. Very um, cool. And then last year we had um, some nominees. Um, our, our, um, I think we had a uh, St. Louis Superman uh, was one of our um, documentary finalists and, uh, and winners. Um, and then it got, it got nominated as well as um, in the absence um, was another documentary short. It was our audience choice winner and it got nominated for doc short. And then we had, um, Oh, what was the other one? Um, oh, brotherhood was okay. our um, narrative a winner and it got nominated last year as well. Um, wow. Yeah. So yeah, we've had a lot of like, yeah, we've had 23 Oscar nominations uh, of for shorts that were at our festival. And then we've had seven winners um, as well, which is really cool. That's a great track record. So for filmmakers, when do they submit or how do they submit their work? Yeah, so we are on uh, Film Freeway, which is uh, a, um, it's just a a festival submissions platform um, that a ton of film festivals are on. Um, It used to be Without a Box was kind of the main one. Oh yeah, I remember that. (laughs) Yeah, but since it no longer exists, like Film Freeway has kind of taken over that market and it's really great and user friendly. And yeah, I think a bunch of the bigger festivals have joined it as well. Um, since without a box um, closed, but yeah, mm-hmm. so we're on we're on Film Freeway, 
and yep, you just submit on there. Um, and then, um, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds good. What time of year should they do that? Oh yeah. So our call for entries, um, usually open for both festivals, um, both indie shorts and Heartland, um, open in November each year. Okay. So, um, so yeah, we're still kind of, uh, talking through some stuff uh, this year, but as the, yeah. yeah, in the, we traditionally open the call for entries in November. Okay. That is very cool. Well, I know you're very passionate about film, especially classic movies. So what is your background with film like and how did you get interested in it as more than just a casual observer or a fan? Yeah, um, I've always grown up watching classic movies, old movies, um, since I was a little kid. They've always been part of my life. So I think. It's just, it's just natural to me to like them. People like I get so many questions from people, especially older people. And they're like, how are you, how do you know all this about like all these old movies or how do you, you know, <laughs> they're just in disbelief that someone of my age knows what, who Clark Gable is. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, so I just, yeah, it started out with musicals um, when I was really young. Cause I was super sensitive as a child, and so I was terrified of the Disney villains, and that was pretty much what was age-appropriate for me. So my mom was like, okay, what's age-appropriate that won't scare her? And so they're like, all right, sing Rain, <laughs> uh, Music Man, Sound of Music, um, Mary Poppins, all that stuff. So um, started out with watching movie musicals, and then, um, yeah. you know, my, my, <laughs> my grandmother introduced me to more films as well, and, you know... TCM would be on at her house and at my house too. And then I just got more interested in, in them as I went. And then uh-huh. um, it really wasn't until I got to college where I like, I, and I took some film studies classes where the light bulb went off um, because oh, gotcha. I, I, I was a, I was a, I was a history major. I was really interested in history as well going mm-hmm. up through school. And so the historical aspect com- really ties ties into film because yep. movies are reflections of the time in which they were made, and so that part um, interested me as well. And then, yeah, taking the film studies classes and in college really it just it was just like, wow, okay, I really want to pursue this. And so, um, so yeah, like I kind of switched from wanting to be like making films to like I was like oh I'll be a producer like kind of do that track and those and then uh as it went on I was like oh curating and yeah being a film critic that kind of thing and so that's kind of where the programming side came out for sure no I think you made a really good point about history tying in because I loved movies I mean the first time only time really I was such a nerd that I got in trouble in school was in second grade for talking about movies during quiet time. I had to put my name (laughs) on the board. It was so humiliating. So I was always a movie geek. And I remember when I was looking at schools uh, for college, I was like, well, if they don't have a film program, I guess I'm going to do English so I can keep writing Mm -hmm. and double major in history or American history, because then I can make every assignment about film if I want And yeah, yeah, so that was kind of my thing too. But thankfully I found a school that let me go into film. So did you major in it as well? 
Um, I went back and forth between uh, double major, but I was my, history was my main major, and then gotcha. I made it, a, it the way my school is. I went to Ball State in Indiana, okay. and uh, where, well, it's where I currently live anyway. But <laughs> I went yeah. to Ball State, and uh, yeah, it, the program they it, I did like the film studies track for the minor. So gotcha. Yeah, very very nice. Yeah. Well, tell me, what was it like, especially as a fellow TCMer, uh, to introduce National Velvet with Ben Mankiewicz on TCM? <laughs> that was, it was, honestly, that's been a lifelong dream, is to introduce a movie yeah. on TCM. So <laughs> that was really yeah. cool. Um, but it was funny, because this was back in 2017, and this was on, over Skype, um, which is kind of funny because this is uh, they started doing the fan programmer stuff on Skype like as a as a backlot contest with the TCM oh, backlot. Gotcha. Because um, I think yeah, because I know they have the ones where it's like the old. They have one contest where it's like they fly you out and you do that. But this, I think they the, to to get you know uh, a way to talk to fans more easily. Yeah. Um, was I think the one I did. Um, they picked like four people basically. And it was like, it was a whole, it was for the afternoon. So one person introduced um, a different each or the other four people. We each introduced one film. And so, yeah. And then when I entered the contest, you just, they had you submit 10 films that you would like to introduce. And then, yeah, when they contacted me, they were like, okay, you're going to do national velvet. So, and that was a childhood favorite of mine, which was really cool. So, oh wow. Um, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was fun. So yeah, I was just like this, just, you know, talking over Skype, like I, you know, had it set up in my living room essentially. And they, yeah, know, they, they send you the, you know, your microphone and equipment and all that. So all I had to do was just plug in my computer and make sure my internet was connected. And yeah, just talked to Ben Mankiewicz for like half an hour about <laughs> the movie. Oh so, my gosh. You know, put the, put, you know, edit it for the, um, for the intro, which was really cool. That is very cool. So when you submitted your list of 10, did you have to give reasons for each film or did you just list them and say like, hi, I'm Julia and just go on down the line? Um, yeah, I, they, I, I did put re, like reasonings behind them. Like, I don't think, I don't remember if that was actually required, but I think they, you know, recommended it. Like if there were films that they wanted you to pick films that you had, you know, a special connection to. And, um, I, that's, and yeah, they encouraged us to write, you know, if there are any fun stories behind why, why you like those films and that kind of thing. So, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, yeah. But National Velvet was something that, uh, yeah, I grew, it was one of the ones I watched early as a kid. Um, just the, you know, the, the, it's just a really good female empowerment story. And I also loved horses like most oh. girls did, I think yeah. so. <laughs> so is that on YouTube, your intro? I think so. I think I up I know okay. I uploaded it online. I think it's on I think I uploaded it to Vimeo. And it's also oh, on the backlot okay. site Vimeo. too. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. Okay. I will link to that as well. So we can all watch you introduce National Velvet. That'll be very cool. So are you excited for Summer Under the Stars? Yes. Oh my I goodness. Know. Oh. <laughs> yeah. With I don't know the included stars by heart. I know there were some where I was like, yes, please, finally, and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But let's yeah. say you were in charge of selecting five 
stars. Which ones would you choose? And do you have any idea which movies, maybe like one or two for each, you'd want to show? Oh, geez. Um, and I was actually having a discussion with some friends about this recently. Oh, just, really? Like, okay. Somewhere under the stars, people. Um, I would love to see Claude Rains be Ooh. one of the stars. Because, um, I mean, he is... I don't know if you'd call him a character actor, but he has such, you know, he's like, yeah, because he's not, I don't think he's ever really a leading man. So, but yeah, but he has so many great films and he's just so fun to watch. And so, uh, yeah, I think the, you know, between, you know, like Notorious is a great one that doesn't really air a lot um, now that I think about it, but. Yeah, Notorious. I mean, Casablanca, of course. But um, I, re- I recently watched Here Comes Mr. Jordan. And oh. he's so great in that. Um, so That's a good pick. Yes. Yeah. And I love Notorious. It's one of my favorite Hitchcock films, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, mine too. Yeah. So beyond Claude Rains, any others? Um... I, re- I, I always love Irene Dunn. She's so great. I yes, one like- of my favorites. Oh my gosh. I loved her in Roberta. Yes, and that oh. one, that's one of the early Fred, like Fred and Ginger ones where it's like yeah. they're kind of not the main plot and it's basically Irene and Randolph Scott yeah. like, having a romance, but then Fred and Ginger are also there. <laughs> I know. So, yeah, I love that one. And she also gets to sing in it, which is great. She's an amazing singer. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, Smoke Gets in Your Eyes. That one always kind of, like, gives me goosebumps. It's so beautiful. And I love her comedy work, like The Awful Truth. And, oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. So good. Yeah. Well, what have you been watching lately? Is there anything you would recommend? Um, I've started the noir western collection on Criterion. Ooh, on Criterion. Yeah, it is. I've watched three, maybe four of the films so far. Um, but yeah, I really loved Blood on the Moon. I reviewed that recently. It was so good, wasn't it? Uh, I love Mitchum. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and I hadn't really had a chance to see it before because it had been on my radar for years, and I'd seen some really, you know, not good prints of it like on youtube Mm -hmm. before (laughs) but since they have the new restoration it looked really cool and just it wasn't what i was expecting either like the um barbara belgetti's character was really you know strong-willed and all that and she was just a both of both the female characters were really like were dynamic and i think it a lot of it probably came from the fact the screenwriter was a woman too so that was really cool yeah very Um, badass women in that it was cool mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, and then the Dick Powell one, and I can't remember the name of it. Oh, it's um, Station West. Station West. Okay, I have not seen that. What was that one about? Um, yeah, so it's it's one of those, it kind of follows the whole, I feel like a lot of noir films have confusing plots um, sometimes, and it <laughs> kind of feels like that as well, but it's Dick Powell, which I... Fun fact, I have not seen any Dick Powell musicals. <laughs> I've only seen <laughs> him in this and I've only I think seen that's better. Yeah. Yeah. I've only seen The Bad and the Beautiful and in, in this, I guess. Like I haven't seen any of his thirties musicals. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, he's great in this. So um he's there's oh there it's again, it's it's kind of hard to explain, but he's oh, basically okay. assigned to 
um, figure out why the there's a, there's a there's, there's like a gold mine, and any time there's a shipment that comes out of there, they get robbed. Ooh. And so he's kind of trying Dick's on to the case. Yeah, he's on the case, but he's a he's a cowboy. So, <laughs> but yeah, and, uh, Agnes Moorhead's in it, and Jane Greer is the always good. Yeah, in it too. So yeah, it's um it's great. Yeah, I've, I've, I know I should be able to explain the plot way better than I did. But, oh, you're fine. No, but, some of yeah. them are really kind of convoluted the plots and you're like trying to remember all the little threads that they throw out especially movies back then they start out maybe as comedies and by the time it ends you're like when did this turn into a horror movie but yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) so station west blood on the moon was there another one that you liked uh, those were the only two that I've watched so far that I've liked. I don't okay. want to. Yeah, Talk I don't want the other ones. Yeah, sure. the other one. Okay. <laughs> um, I will say though, I shot Jesse James. That was the other one I watched. Okay, it was it was fine. Like I appreciate, yeah. like I appreciated what it was and like why they included it. Um, but uh, it yeah. it was it's kind of felt like a Howard Hughes. Oh, God, yeah. One of those. Yeah. From the era, for sure. Oh, well, I have to dive in and watch Station West. So I know you also used to work for Filmstruck. What was that like, and how did you get involved? Yeah, so that was one of... uh, That was a freelance job that I had. I was um, a researcher. So what I basically... It was monthly assignments essentially and they would give me a list of films to research um Mm -hmm. to help them write the online content or um for the uh for any host intros that were going to be used um and so yeah so they would yeah give me a list of yeah list of maybe like anywhere from 10 to 30 films for different collections that they were going to put up um kind of like on criterion channel Mm -hmm. and uh, it was really cool because i would just yeah i would just go and dig and find information like cast info just any trivia any just anything that would help with you know whatever the, the writers needed to write um about the films and so it was cool because it made once i had researched all those films and many of these i had never seen or heard of before too uh oh. so it kind of was a fun little film education class for me essentially learning learning mm-hmm. all these films so it was cool to see them like once they were on the channel or what they came together. Cause sometimes they, um, sometimes I would know what the, I would know what the theme would be. Um, and then other times, um, it wouldn't. So it was kind of fun to see like, Oh, this is what this was going to be for. So, yeah. Uh, so it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. So Very. I miss, I miss Filmstruck. So, <laughs> yeah, no, that'd be really exciting and a really good way to expand your knowledge base for film. And I know also you mentioned um, that you were an Emmy Award winner for your research. Oh, so yeah, how did, a, yeah, how did that go? Yeah, I, I, I was actually just a nominee, but the film itself did oh, win um, an award. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, for research, I was a nominee. So in college um, at Ball State, we did, there was a big emphasis on immersive learning. Uh, Uh, there still is and so um yeah project-based learning or whatever you want to call it and so for a semester my sophomore year yeah sophomore year we instead of taking classes for a semester 
I got a semester's worth of credits for um, making a documentary short, um, yeah, 30 minute documentary short uh, that was going to air on the local uh, P- Indiana PBS. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there was a team of 13 of us from different disciplines uh, at Ball State. So there were there were film students, there were history, um, marketing. So it was, it was kind of, yeah, a team project. And we had a faculty advisor. And we made a documentary about the um, Auburn Automobile Company and the Auburn Corps Duesenberg uh, Annual uh, Festival. And so... And the cool thing was, you know, ties into my classic movie love. I learned so much about these cars and a lot of movie stars had these, uh, you know, luxury automobiles. Basically the company started in the early 1900s and lasted, barely made it out of the depression. They lasted until like 1937, Uh uh, shut down. But yeah, you see all these pictures with like Clark Gable and Gary Cooper and Gene Harlow with, you know, their Duesenbergs or whatever. And so a lot of these cars were used in the movies of the time as well. Like there was, I remember watching Swing Time and the scene mm-hmm. where they're going up to the, the cabin in the winter when it's mm-hmm. all snowing. That car is uh, an Auburn, like a 1935 Auburn. Uh, so it's, it's it really, it was so it was cool to, to do that. But yeah, so we made a documentary about the history and the legacy of those cars and, um, and the festivals while the annual festival, which is, held over Labor Day weekend every year. And it's, it's an amazing sight to see. So, um, so yeah, so we did that. And then we, uh, ended up getting six Emmy nominations for the, the, like the regional, the lower Great Lakes regional Emmys. Um, and so, and we were, and it was a student film, but we were nominated in the like non-student categories who so were up against like wow that's really impressive so. very, very awesome wow yeah. yeah no congratulations that's incredible well one of my favorite getting to know you questions is what are some of your favorite movies of all time oh man <laughs> i know uh, put you on the spot <laughs> yeah so tough um just a few yeah, <laughs> um, I mean, The Apartment is my number one. Yeah, that's uh, an excellent movie. Yeah, it's I saw it in my senior year of college, and it was one of those movies where, you know, you watch a movie and it comes into your life at the exact right time. Yeah. That's exactly what that was for me. So I was like, I can relate to this. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I just fell in love with the characters and the story, and Billy Wilder's one of my top directors. So Absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah. Had you seen a lot of Wilder before you watched The Apartment? Um, now that I think about it, I know we had watched. Oh, good question. Because I feel like I had seen some Like It Hot before that. And, because I know the first time I saw some Like It Hot was in film class. Film study. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I can't remember if it was around the same t- if that was that same semester or not. But mm-hmm. I don't think I'd seen a lot. I know I'd probably seen sunset boulevard mm-hmm. probably on tcm yeah i feel like sunset boulevard and some like it hot were probably my first two billy wilder and maybe double indemnity but mm-hmm. um yeah i think but yeah i think the apartment really like got me Opened on my wilder door. pick yeah. i was like <laughs> yeah. billy wilder um so 
have you read the book um, Conversations with Wilder that Cameron Crowe did? I have only seen, like, read, like, the excerpts that kind of made it out online. I have not read the book yet. That's Oh, it's like, so good. I think my- you'll love it. Yeah. Well, beyond the apartment, any other faves you want to mention? Oh, wow. Um, I love The Sting with Robert Redford and Paul oh, Newman. Good choice. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah. honestly, I will, my hot take is that one is superior to Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Um, you know, <laughs> like, I need to rewatch it. It's interesting because Butch was always my favorite, but people keep saying the sting might be better. And I'm like, I don't think I've seen that in 20 years. So totally need to watch the sting again. You've inspired me. Yay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so is it, is it funny? I think it's funnier, right? Or it's funnier and just the story. It's not as meandering. I feel like, Oh, okay. Sundance sure. Of like, all right, now they're in South America and they're <laughs> just kind of running around. I don't know. I feel like the only things I remember from Butch and Sundance are like the two iconic scenes where they jump over the cliff and then the ending. But oh, sure. Yeah, but the sting is just from start to finish. It's like you know, it it keeps you guessing and you know it's one that like when i first saw it i immediately wanted to watch it again because of all the the oh, twists and always a good that. sign yeah and it's one of those because the the movie tricks the audience too so it's like you yeah there are things that you pick up on after watching it again too so it's, it's yeah and it's just it's just it's just a lot of fun cool was that george Roy hill as well yes okay yeah, they did such great work with him. Yeah. Well, those are all good. Do you have any others? Or um, I really love Born Yesterday as well. Oh, really good choice. Yeah. Yes. I with, know. That one doesn't get mentioned enough. Yeah, it, it really doesn't. And Judy Holiday is amazing and William Holden's amazing and it's just it's also so it's just super timely in a lot of ways yes uh, and timeless and whatever you want to call it but and her performance is so great and I love that she won best best actress that year for it because comedic roles usually don't win people Oscars and excellent point yeah and a lot of people are like, oh, well, it's because All About Eve split the vote and there was Gloria Swanson and like all these other people. Because that was a stacked category that year, too. Yeah. Because you had Judy Holiday Born Yesterday, um, Gloria Swanson for Sunset Boulevard, um, Ann Baxter and um, Betty Davis for All About Eve, and then Eleanor Parker for Caged, which is also fantastic. But um, Be Out Judy Holiday won, and I think it was absolutely deserved. And, yeah, it's just a fun, you know, it's fun, but it's also, you know, a good good lessons about just, you know, thinking for yourself. and Yeah. Um, Coming knowledge. into your own. Yeah. yeah. And also, I kind of like it's like a reverse makeover. Like, she puts the glasses on instead of taking them off. And I just think that's Ooh, really yeah. Uh, refreshing for a really refreshing. Yeah. <laughs> like, I wish I'd seen that when I was like 10 you know so. I know <laughs> yeah when you're like you know it's not cool to be the smart nerdy girl but hey it is and yeah. look at Judy Holiday. yes yes exactly 
Yes. Well, I want to thank you so much, Julia, for doing this. I had so much fun talking to you, and I've always enjoyed interacting with you on Twitter. So this was a blast. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. Yes, it's great to meet you. And yeah, I hope we'll definitely see each other on Twitter a lot. (laughs) Okay, sounds good. You have a good rest of your week. Thanks, you too. Thanks. This is Jen Johans at FilmIntuition.com or FilmIntuition on social media and Letterboxd. And this is Watch with Jen and Friends.